Encore with Shannon Fogarty. Arts and entertainment for the Midlands. With the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com Happy Thursday evening and welcome to Encore here on Midlands 103 with Shannon Fogarty. This is the Midlands dedicated arts show bringing you the absolute best of what's happening in the arts in Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. To get in touch, pop me a text or a WhatsApp on 083 30 10 103. You can follow us across all of our social media channels at Midlands 103 or if you want to be a part of the show, you can email me encore at midlands103.com. Tonight on the show, with a jam-packed show, I am joined by an incredible artist who has recently worked on a mural on the wall of a local recycling facility. We also find out how to have fun at festivals without harming the earth. A new play is coming to the Esker Arts Centre called King. We have everything you need to know about that. And a leash audience are promised to be transported to the heart of song with a soprano singer at the Dunamay's Arts Centre over this June bank holiday weekend. Full show. I am very excited. Again, if you have any questions for any of my guests, text or WhatsApp them to 083 30 10 103. To start the show, I'm very excited to be joined by an incredible professional airbrush artist who has made a name for himself in the world of custom arts. With over two decades of experience, Shane Turner has honed his skills and developed a deep understanding of the technical aspects. He has recently worked on a graffiti art mural where he designed and created for KMK Metal Recycling Facility in Tullamore. Shane, thank you for coming in and joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. It's brilliant. So talk to me a little about your art and your history in the industry. Uh, in the beginning, I started off uh, in the special events industry. That's where I got a, kind of got my start. I worked in uh, creating backdrops, making stage props, that kind of thing, uh, in films and stage. Ended up doing Miss World 2001. Oh, wow. Uh, from there, I went and became a pre- uh, predominantly a commercial artist. So I worked a lot for companies, restaurants, hotel chains, that kind of thing. Okay. From there, I went to airbrushing. And started doing cars and motorbikes, and then I went into stage performance. So I would perform, paint in front of live audiences, and now I basically do all of that at once. So what inspired you to pursue a career in arts? I've always wanted to be an artist. It's always just been a thing. It's the easiest way for me to kind of express myself. And I've, it's just, I, I, I don't know, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to describing why. I just know that it. It's, it's a necessity for me. Yeah, and you have a creative mind, so this is a great outlet for you as well. As you said, it's it's the pure emotion, how you express yourself. I, 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 as I said, I can't illustrate <laughs> it properly, but I do find that uh, it's the best way that I can get my message out and the easiest way to, for me to express myself when it comes to anything. So where do your ideas come from for different murals? Is it with speaking with, let's say, your client, or do you just have an idea and you go, I want to do this? Well, look, there's a difference. When I'm working with a client, I usually try and follow their guidelines as much as possible. I also try and capture their vision because at at that point in time, it's not my vision that's important for me to help them illustrate their vision. Uh, When it comes to doing private works, I generally, there's there's no real limit to it. I mean, I could set a canvas on fire. I could... Uh, I could use different ingredients of paints and uh, experimental means just to make a different kind of pattern. But I do like to incorporate a lot of realism in my stuff. So I try and tell a story every single time I make a personal painting, but I try and tell somebody else's story when I'm doing this. So tell me about the recent graffiti mural you did for KMK Metal Recycling Facility here in Tullamore. KMK is a very, very interesting place. Uh, I mean, like when I was delving into the facts and trying to build up an entire image for them. I had to do a little bit of research. And I mean, I, I discovered that they were 
established in the year of my birth, which was 1979. It's weird. <laughs> and they started off with six people and now employ 150. Oh, wow. And they do 80% of all e-waste across the whole of Ireland. I mean, I was just shocked. Apart from the fact that they are lovely, lovely people. And I got along with everybody on that site. And they gave me free reign to do whatever I wanted, which was awesome. That's, yeah, when you have creative control like that, that's incredible. So how long did it take you to complete the piece? Uh, well, the weather was a huge factor in that. Mm. Uh, but in total, it was about two weeks, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it would have been a lot faster. If, if the weather if, was... If the weather was a little bit... <laughs> more tolerant of my mural yeah yeah like the weather we've had this week for sure it's been absolutely incredible so you've also worked on the Nile Horan mural yes I did I had the opportunity to do the Nile Horan in uh in Malangar and how fun. how was that when he came to see it I always find it nerve-wracking when people see their own portraits mm. uh you, you never know what people are going to say but I was I was surprised that he liked it and I'm still getting messages to for people to use the, the artwork in documentaries and all sorts of things, which is really cool. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So your work has taken you all over the world. So you've been to South Africa, you've been to many different places, which is incredible. East, How do you Seychelles, find that? I've, I, I, it's an honor and a privilege every single time. It's, I always find it surprising. The more I get to travel, the more I really, really love what I do. But so like, obviously like COVID was boring for me because mm. it was boring for the rest of the world at, at the same time i suppose but uh i it's it, it's just fantastic the, 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 that's the biggest reason i do what i do is the fact that it's never the same and it's hardly ever in the same location which helps yeah it's always very different so tell me about some upcoming work you've got going on or can you well i do i'm i'm at the moment i'm putting a lot of stuff together i want to try and create an exhibition which i plan to take across ireland oh wow uh I did a lot of solo exhibitions in South Africa, but I do want to try and link up with a few artists here and create a little bit more of an interactive show. Mm -hmm. uh, apart from that, I do have uh, opportunities coming up in the States and before the end of the year. So there's, there's, there's going to be a bit of travel coming. Thank goodness. I'm looking forward to it. That's, yeah, to be able to travel now is, is something everyone is extremely grateful for. <laughs> so uh, tough question. Sure. Out of every sort of piece that you've created, what would have been your favorite and why? Okay. Uh, I have so many that are favorites. Uh, okay. Like there was a project that I did in the Middle East, which was 26, 28,000 square meters of ceiling. And it was the, it was at the Velogio Mall, but I worked with uh, three other guys and we, we all painted this ceiling for six months in total. We went wow. there twice and did it in two sections. And just living that and watching that progress, because I mean, the ceilings are 30 meters in, in, sorry, in width. And so at some points they're 12 to 20 meters high. So it was really realistic and it was really interesting to do it. Uh, it also helped me develop vertigo, ironically at the oh, same no. time. But, uh, there's, there's been a number of different projects that, I mean, uh, I, I worked in the Middle East with, uh, uh sorry, the, the Dubai games. Okay. I did something, I did a show for Brexa, for Bricks, the uh, British, uh, sorry, Brazil, India, China, oh, wow. South Africa, that, that whole um, conference that was live televised. I worked, I did South Africa's Got Talent. I did Ireland's Got Talent. I did, uh, yeah, I, I, I've had so many different things that have been fun. 
that's such an experience and a great list to have of being able to do all those shows. I'm just battling to remember all the good ones. <laughs> it's hard to pick them. It's tough when you're put on the spot to, it is, to try and it remember. Is. So, um, for anyone that's listening that wants to see your work, where can they go? Uh, the easiest place would be my website, which is artistshaneturner.com. Or you can go to uh, sglturner at, on Instagram. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about your work. It's absolutely incredible. And for anyone that wants to see it, it's artistshaneturner.com. Thank you again for coming in. You've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you for tolerating all my stuttering, everybody. <laughs> no, you've been brilliant. <laughs> again, if you want to see some incredible pieces that Shane has created, go to his website, artistshaneturner.com. While we appreciate art in every aspect of it, how can we make sure that during festivals this summer season that we are protecting the planet? Find out next here on Midlands 103. This is Encore with Shannon Fogarty on Midlands 103. And this festival season... We need to consider how we are impacting the environment and what little things we can do that'll make a difference. To find out a bit more about this and how we can minimise the environmental impact your weekend of fun will have, Chloe Farrell from the newsroom has done some research for you. Chloe, thank you for joining me and doing the research for us. So from what you found, what little things can we do at festivals or even at concerts that can lessen the impact we have on the environment? I think when people think of being sustainable or more environmentally friendly, they think they have to sacrifice something. But you don't really have to change anything about the festival. But the main one that I know even from personal experience, bring home your tent. Oh, yes. People don't like the idea of taking it down. You're there for a weekend. You just want to get home to bed. But taking down your tent is so much easier than putting it up. You don't even have to fold it properly. Just take it down, bring it out. Buy a nice tent, keeps you warm, keeps the rain out and it'll last you years. Some people think, oh, they'll buy a little cheap pop-up tent and just leave it there. You're spending so much money over time as well. And I know for the likes of Electric Picnic, you have Path going in after and they take tents that are in good condition to use for the homeless. But just bring home your tent and if you want to donate it to the homeless that's fine. You can just bring it to different shelters around, but take away the work for them as well. Yeah. And I and mean, you'll always need a tent. There's always a reason to have a tent. Do you know what I mean? Especially during the summer where you you know, you want to go down to the beach. Exactly. You know, just even for shelter, you're like, I have a tent now. It's so much easier. But then moving on. So I'm just basing it off electric picnic mostly because mm-hmm. I live local to it. And I suppose people around Still no electric picnic. I know Forest Fest is bringing it in as well this year. But public transport is a massive thing. So 80% of the emissions in festivals are from transport to and from. Wow. So most of these festivals now are having meeting areas in the likes of Port Leash. I know some are in Tullamore as well where you can get buses from the train stations or just buses from different points mm-hmm. that are in kind of main towns that will go to and from a couple of times a day and it just like that group up as much as you can if you're going to a festival you're not going by yourself even in the car have five people in it as many as can legally fit in it but just group up where you can another one then is bring your own cup or cutlery for the safety and hygiene aspect if you have a cup with a cover over it yeah you're not going to be worrying about anything getting into it and you're at a festival you're in a field there's grass, there's bugs, there's mud. 
So all those, you're safe from them going into the cup. And I was at Forest Fest last year and what they did, when you walked in, you could pay a couple of euro for your own reusable plastic cup. So when you went to buy your drinks, they'd use that cup and you actually got money off your drinks when you used that as well. Okay. So while you're paying the couple of euro for the cup, it works out better over time because I think even they use some of that money for charity. So I think if festivals do bring in stuff like that as well, it's going to entice people to buy these cups as well. At Electra Picnic also, so if they have recyclable plastic cups, if you go around collecting them, they actually give you 10 cent per cup collected. Oh, wow. So it's just to encourage people to bring them back to a designated area and then you're getting money for it. So it's rewarding as well as good for the environment. And then with the cutlery, at least, you know, as well, it's your own. You'll be able to just kind of rinse it off. You know that what you're using as well is clean, but it's reusable. You'll have it for life if you get a good kind of Mm. reusable plastic one. And I mean, they come in these cute little containers, some of them as well, wherever you can buy them from. And you'll always get your your basics, your spoon, your fork and your knife. Yeah, and you're not going to need any more. And it's not an inconvenience like that. They'll just come in a little packet together and easy to use. I mean, you can even put your straw in with it. Yeah. You know, so you you cover all bases for yourself. (laughs) But another one then, I suppose, for maybe the girls more than the guys, taking off your makeup if you're staying there for the weekend. So you can actually get baby wipes that are biodegradable. So wipes are definitely a big one that is an issue for the environment. But these ones are actually biodegradable. But then what you can also do is just buy a reusable makeup remover sponge. I have a few of those that I got from Pennies and they're brilliant. You just throw them in the wash when you're when they're filthy and then reuse them again, which I think is fantastic. So you just put water on them. That's the thing. And when you're at a festival, there is a good chance that there's going to be different sections where you can get water from. Yeah. So it, it's not that you're not going to have access to it to wet your sponge. Mm-hmm. Give your face a little scrub, be fresh for the next day. But um, then something as simple as deodorant sticks. So spray deodorants, any kind of aerosol can, they're really bad for the environment. Roll on deodorant sticks, something so simple. You're still going to be smelling nice, but it's just a little bit better for the environment. And they're actually smaller, which is better to pack in your bags for festivals. Exactly. So you can get all the extra bits in that you need. But as well, the likes of Electric Picnic and I suppose any festival, we're in Ireland. The weather is not guaranteed. Very true. So it's good to just be prepared and pack good, thick, waterproof gear rather than the cheap ponchos. Yeah. Because you'll spend three or four euro on these that are just going to rip, let the rain in and then they're not good for the environment either. So there's so many negatives to them. If you, you can buy such nice, even like think of girls and their outfits. They spend time working on them. Yeah. You can get clear ones. Yes, I've seen those. So you don't have to worry about ruining your outfits or anything. You can still show them off. and But then you have this jacket for every year. And I mean, it's, re- it's reusable as well, which is the great thing. So you don't just, if you don't use it for the festival, you can use it for other things down the road. That's the thing. And I suppose when you're preparing for a festival... I wouldn't think of just, okay, what's going to suit the festival? If you get something, you're like, am I going to use it again? Mm-hmm. Always just any little thing you have, kind of aim it as something that you'll use for something else. 
And then I suppose on the topic of outfits, you don't need to buy a new outfit for every festival. Reuse. I try to do that. If you have a top that you wear once, put a different skirt, shorts, bottoms, any kind with it. Reuse them. Go to a charity shop either. The amount of hidden gems in a charity shop you can get, like you don't have to be going to any particular shop, anywhere fancy or fast fashion especially. Just go to a charity shop, borrow from your friends, sisters, (laughs) anyone that you can take them off. But um, then when you get to the makeup side of things, glitter is a huge issue. Yes. That is a big one that's, that's impacting the environment, but they've actually come out with biodegradable glitter. Okay. So you can still have your sparkles, which is a big thing, but you can to be more environmentally friendly about it. So you can get biodegradable glitter and reusable gems. Oh, that would be very handy. Yeah. Usually you have your gems. They're sticky on one side. They fall off. They're gone. But if you have the reusable ones, stick them on with eyelash glue even. So they'll be held on well, or some people actually use nail glue. Okay. So they're stuck on fairly well, but they're not going to hurt to take off either. And then I suppose the last one is just clean up after yourself. It's not that difficult, No, is it? no, like festivals, I will give them credit. They have so many bins around the place mm-hmm. and they are trying to be more conscious of the environment by having different bins that are compost, general waste and recycling. So it's not that hard to just throw food in one, rubbish in the other. But even when you're setting up your tent, have plastic bin bags with you. So that when you're sitting around the campsite, you have your rubbish, just throw them into the bags. So then you can have them ready at the end to just bring to whichever bin they suit. Yeah. And like that, it's not that hard. You just see some people and they're sitting down, throwing everything on the floor. And it can be absolutely disgusting walking around the campsites. But if you just bring your bags and then just bring them to the bin on your way out. And that's just it. Festivals are doing all of this to try and be more sustainable. So if we do these little things, it really helps. So those are just a few ways in which you can reduce your impact on the environment. Just something to consider when you're thinking of all the incredible festivals that you are attending this festival season. Thank you, Chloe, for coming in and telling us how we can be more sustainable this summer. Thank you for having me. Coming up after the break, a new play that is coming to the Esker Arts Centre that explores prejudice, privilege and resilience right here on Midlands 103. Encore, brought to you by the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. From the greatest gigs to the best community shows, enjoy it all in the comfort of our newly refurbished theatre. Your theatre, our home, deancrowtheatre.com. Welcome back to Encore with Shannon Fogarty on Midlands 103. The Esker Arts Centre has presented some incredible shows so far and that is continuing as coming up this Saturday is King by Pat Kinavan. I am delighted to be joined by writer and actor Pat Kinavan on the show tonight. Pat, thank you for coming on and joining me. Shannon, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. So can you tell us a little bit about the play King that is coming to the Esker Arts Centre this Saturday, 3rd of June? Well, first of all, Shannon, um, I'm really, really thrilled to be going to Tullamore because loads of people have been talking about the venue to me. And word travels fast, really, in our community, uh, in theatre, all over the country. So it's really exciting. And uh, online, it looks like an amazing um, venue. So I'm dying to do King there. Um, I've travelled all over the country over the years to all different venues. 
So it'll be, um, it's a kind of a privilege to go there and play. It's been so new and everything else. Um, King is the fifth solo piece of mine and Fishamble uh, Theatre Company. Um, we've been, I've been working with them really on these solo pieces, Shannon, for the last 17 years. So uh, each time we, we launch a new one, um, it's like an album, really rather than this, like a show. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's taken a long time to put together. Each show takes the, the guts of three and a half years, really. Wow. To get it ready for staging, you know, from writing to uh, to composing. I mean, there's a big, even though there's solo shows, there's so many people involved in production, you know. There's we've got a fantastic Pius McGrath, uh, from Limerick, he's done the, the lighting design. Dennis Clohessy has done a beautiful soundscape for it. Jim Cullison has directed it. Catherine Condell has, has styled it. So there's a lot more than just me going out there. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a big, big conversation with the audience. Uh, King kind of occurred to me really before all of this uh, lockdowns and things. So... I was lucky enough that the idea came to me and I'm always very grateful for the ideas coming to me. Um, and it came to me just before the lockdown. So I had spent the last well, three years really writing it and developing it with Jim and working with the choreographers um, uh, who are amazing, uh, Christina and Julian. And um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot in it. There's a lot of fun in it. There's a lot of darkness in it. Um, essentially, the story is about a man called Luther, an Eastern Cork. Um, he is named after Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., um, because he was born on the day that um, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Um, and he lives by himself, and um, he's quite... Uh, happy with that, but he gets desperately lonely sometimes, like a lot of uh, Irish men around the country. And um, it's about love, really, Shannon, the piece. It's about him having to find love for himself, but also he loves his father and he goes to he goes to the retirement home every day to look after his father and he's looking for love and he's got his own mental health issues. So it's quite weird, actually, that all this happened before the, the lockdown, you know? It's it's kind of um, like you knew, in a way, what would, what would happen. And a lot of people were living by themselves because of lockdown. So a lot of people can resonate with what King or Luther is going through on stage. So how do you find bringing that sort of emotion? And how do you find, uh, I know you were the playwright and you're acting it, but yourself, how do, how do you bring it on on stage? It's a very good question, Shannon. It's... Um, I suppose my job, I've always uh, been like this. I come from a very working class area originally. So my work ethic is, is strong um, and it's my job, really. I'm, I'm at this now about 35 years. I'm very, very lucky to be still working and to be still healthy enough to work. So my job really is to get out there and entertain and, 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 and to get the story across as best I can. So, I mean... On a typical day, like for, I'm going to water for tonight, actually, and so like the day really, I, I I forget about the piece during the day. I just I work with the lighting and sound designers, and and I have fun. Uh, when it comes to eight o'clock, you just get out there, and it's blood, sweat, and tears on on the stage, 
Um, you know what I mean? You just get down and dirty with it, get into it. I don't think about it really until 8 o'clock. Do you know, it's, that's the time for action. That's the time to give the audience uh, a money's worth because I, I really realise, uh, I, I know myself, uh, you know, how difficult it is for people, you know, with car parking and with babysitting and, you know, to, to make the commitment to buy a ticket is a really, really wonderful thing to do in any town. Um, and uh, I promise you that, you know, I'll, I'll take you out of your head and you will forget where you are for the hour and 20 minutes because that's what we do. That's what we're paid to do. And uh, the audiences so far have been really wonderful all over the country. Um this is the second leg of the tour. The first leg, we'd done 12 shows in all. And um, it was so well received around the country. So that's why I'm delighted to be going to Waterford and then on to Tullamore on Saturday night just to get out there and, uh, and, and kick it around the place on stage. You know what I mean? It's, uh, there's, a lot of, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than just one man on the stage. A lot of effort has gone in from the production uh, crew and... Um, yeah, and then we're, and after Tullamore, then we we continue to tour through the country, and we go to the Edinburgh Festival for a month in August, and then we go to we go abroad, we go to Italy, and next year we're, we're going to be touring this show in in New York and Los Angeles, like the other shows. So we 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 start in Ireland, and then we just continue um, to other to places that we've into thank God all over the world that's incredible so. to be able to bring your show there and to be able to do this now is great and I mean it sounds that you have a passion for what you do as well and I feel like when you when you love what you do it's it's not a job and you yeah. can see that when you're on stage and you know how how your acting comes across so when you love what you do and the audience will see that as well so how have audiences received King so far well, you know what? It was a, it was a strange one for audiences because they have to return to a place. We say, especially during lockdown, people were were audiences were nervous, as you know, and reticent to come out uh, in gangs. You know, but human nature is extraordinary because um, even last October, November, when I was touring with the other shows, um, I noticed that the audiences were slow to come back. And that's perfectly natural. But by God, I don't know what it is about twenty twenty three. But anyway. We've had great audiences and great numbers and people, I suppose, willing to take a punt and to come out and realise that they're happy to be in a crowd of people laughing their heads off or, you know, gasping or crying or, you know, that it's it's part of our journey through life is not to keep ourselves locked up in our houses but to get out and to live the best life we can and be entertained you know and that's just Uh, it I mean I think we took for granted the fact that we were able to go out and see all these shows and and concerts and festivals and that sort of thing so once Covid hit it it was a shock so when everything was reopened again everyone appreciates the work that goes into all of these shows a lot more Absolutely, and I think it's the same for you. It's the same for musicians, you know, as well. They, they go out and, you know, th- their passion is to play and to give their time and their talent. It must, be, it must have been very difficult for people not to be able to do that. And, and also audiences yearning for that. I, I, I have great belief in mankind to see them bounce back like that, especially in Ireland. People just went, ah, come on, let's get out. And I listened to... I, I bought you tickets there for that thing. Will you come along with me? You know, that's the kind of thing that seems to be happening. People are buying experiences for each other rather than gifts, if you know what I mean. You know, I want more of this. I, I want more of the 
circus maximus. I, I want to be with people and shouting and roaring and, you know, in a theatre clapping and laughing, hopefully. <laughs> and that's what we but, want to do. We want to encourage people to go to the Esker Arts Centre on Saturday to watch King, which I'm sure everyone is going to be very excited for. And if there are any tickets left, they'll be on eskerarts.ie. And I ask this question to all of my guests, and it's kind of, it might be a difficult question, but with King, what is your favourite part? of either acting or like your interactions with the audience but what would be your favourite aspect? Great question. Um, uh, I I had to study the Argentine tango believe it or not. That's one of my favourite parts of King is in it. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of dancing in it and uh, and when I do it it kind of takes me out of myself and I forget about me and I think about the power of 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 all men, whether they're whether they are happy or sad, that there's something about there's something about the dance, there's something about the dance that can make you forget everything. It can make you forget about all your problems in life, and it just gives you that moment of now that you are in now. And the character Luther says that he says, "I am in, I am right in the middle of a gift. I'm right in the middle of now." So. There's plenty of people that have gone before me. What they wouldn't give to be still around, to be still here now, living on the planet. So that's what it does for me. It does for the character, but it makes me feel like that, Shannon. It makes me feel so lucky to be still here. I'm very grateful to be able to have you on the show. And I'm very excited to have all of our listeners by a sold out hopefully a sold out show for you in the Esker Arts Centre on Saturday the 3rd of June it'll be an absolutely incredible show I'm so grateful girl thank you very much and uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the audience on Saturday night anyone wants tickets to see this incredible play please head to eskerarts.ie it'll definitely be worth it next we are sticking with the stage but moving to an incredible soprano singer bringing her performance to the Dunamay's Arts Centre this bank holiday weekend stay right here with me Shannon Fogarty on Midlands 103 Encore, in association with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre at Cologne, our bright and airy AIB gallery and cosy theatre bar can cater for smaller private events too. Your theatre, our home. DeanCrowTheatre.com Welcome back to Encore with Shannon Fogarty on Midlands 103. And coming to the Dunamay's Arts Centre this bank holiday weekend is a performance that includes a programme of popular, classical and operatic pieces that guarantees a journey of emotions. And performing this is the talented soprano singer Regina Nathan, whose career in opera, concert and recital has taken her from her home in Ireland across Europe, Malaysia and the United States to major concert halls. Regina, thank you for joining me this evening. I'm very, very excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Shannon, for having me. Lovely. So tell us a little bit about your upcoming performance at the Dunamay's Arts Centre this Friday. Um, well, it's a, it's a concert of mixed music, very mixed music, but I sing them in my classically trained voice. So um, and that's all I can do. But I, I lo- it's music that I love to sing and I hope and popular music, a lot, some of them as well, so that people will recognise when they hear them. Yeah. So included in your programme are, as you said, popular classical operatic pieces. How did you find selecting the songs for this? Was it a difficult process to select certain songs or? Did, yeah. Um, 
Well, even when I was doing a full classical uh, recycle program, it's kind of the same process. You kind of, um, well, what I did with this one, because I've, I kind of do a lot of themed concerts, I just kind of went, what do I love to sing? What have I sung before? What do I want to learn new? And around that, then I, I gradually, it, it's a process. You should see the place when I'm doing it. There's music and oh, everywhere. It's, it's a mess. But eventually I start whittling it down. And I think for this one, I just had it in my head that there are certain songs I want to sing that I've always wanted to sing. The, the, the music used to always move me when I listened to it. So they're just favourites of mine that I've just taken the opportunity to actually, some of them I've done before, but most of them I haven't. And um, and, and I try to mix them in. And I suppose the um, the theme running throughout is, is, again, love. You can't get away from music and love. But it's love in its many aspects. It's love of my career. It's love of uh, music. It's love of somebody. It's love of a child. It's love of life, you know, and... Um, they kind of all come under this umbrella of love, but there's so many different aspects to this. And that's what the, the, the program is, really, just aspects of love, I suppose. I should have called it that. <laughs> and I know that you love your career and it's taking you all over the world. So I just I'm very curious to know how you got into uh, opera singing, how you, you know, are a soprano singer. How, how did that come about? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Why that and not uh, popular singing or something? I, I, it, it, yeah, gosh, no. Well, I can just remember my earliest memory was just loving to sing. Uh, but I don't know if I was singing, but I used to love, you know, express, you know, just kind of la la and that kind of thing. And, but I used to love uh, listening to music an awful lot. I'd hear something on the radio and I was just completely transported. Um, but the school I went to did music and used to put on musicals every year. And I was lucky enough to always be in those musicals like, you know, Gilbert and Sullivan. And anyway, we put on this big production every year and I loved that. So I loved performing. Um, and because they were that way inclined, it was Ballymahan and County Longford, the Convent of Mercy, this brilliant. Um, they start and they would also do Sister Moore and Sister Agnes would also do uh, get us involved in the Fesh Kjol. And we'd all because I was a boarder as well, we'd always sing at mass. So you learned about Gregorian chant and every Sunday you'd, you'd be singing. You're always in choirs and always learning music. And I think eventually then when I was leaving school, they put me in to try and get a scholarship into the College of Music or the Royal Academy. And I was lucky enough to get into the College of Music. And by virtue of that, I started just singing, you know, learning to sing classically. And it kind of went on from there. And how God, is that it? was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> It's very interesting. There's a lot of people, as you said, that would go down the, you know, pop culture sort of route where they'd be that type of singer. So to be able to sing operatically is is amazing. How how do you train your voice to be able to sing like that? It's it's a different I I have to say it's it's a technique that you learn, uh, whatever comes naturally to you. For me, most singers now, I'm, I'm, again, although I'm successful, I wouldn't put myself up there as an expert, uh, an expert teacher or anything. Um, it, it, the classical voice is mainly based on a head voice and a chest voice, but it's where it's, it's how it's, I don't like to say the word placed, but it is about how the, the, the voice sits, how the vocal cords are used. And, but more than that, it's about how you use your, um, 
breathing. You're taught how to use your breathing in a certain way. Now, classically trained singing came easy to me. I was able to get up very high. The quality might not have always been good, but that's what you learn through technique, what it is you're doing to, you know, to tweak the, the actual quality. The quality is there, whether you like it or not, but how you actually produce and, and project the voice, you can sometimes interfere and make sounds that you are not particularly nice. So you learn, that's what you're learning when you go to learn classical music. But um, I would also say that the belt voice that a lot of, um, you know, popular singers, I mean, that is just as intricate. And I couldn't for the life of me do that if I tried. It, it takes so much strength. So it's just, I suppose, you go towards, and for me, it just happened naturally. You go towards what your easiest, what comes easiest to your type of voice. And I and I would imagine that most um, young people now tend to go towards the pop because, you know, that culture of American Idol and all those kind of things, that's what they're geared towards, you know. So, and that's the most common one. And I guess with the with a classical piece, your voice tells the story. So how do you feel that you bring that to life for your audience? Like you're, the story of the song? Yeah, now that's a very good question. Um, all I can do, and I always say it's a two-way street, all I can do on my part is to be as true to the composer's wishes as possible. But also in doing that, that my inter- what the music emotes for me is what I hope to share with whoever's listening. On this, the listener side is, you know, do you like it or don't you like it? It's they're, they're coming from their own place. But I can only give my most and give my as true a rendition of that music as possible and try and be in the moment of that music as, as much as I can in order to give it its best rendition, so to speak, you know, that, that what the composer and lyricist uh, has put down, that I, I, that I express that to the best of my ability coming from where I'm coming from and share what it is I put into that. It can only be accepted or rejected, but um, I think my, my, my job as a singer, I've grown to appreciate more and more, is to just be as authentic as I can in what I feel from the music myself and share that. Uh, offer it if you want to have it. <laughs> if you don't, no problem. So what do you hope the audience that are going to be at the Dunamay's Arts Centre tomorrow, what do you hope they take away from your performance? Um, I hope that when we share that experience, and I always hope this, something new always comes in when we when we go to that music place, that because it, it does create an atmosphere when when in you know when everything lines up it can it has the this is why all the arts can do this it creates a kind of an atmosphere or a, a place a safe place where both everybody starts joining into something and they go so it's nearly like a med- meditation of, of sorts so you go there together and when you come out you you kind of go that was a little bit of heaven. Now get back to work. You know, now there's life. But life is enhanced from the music. Life is enhanced by all the arts. And, um, and, and for me as well. But that's what, that would be my hope. And that's my hope when I go to concerts. That there's something, you know, elevating and transcendent. And even if it's a moment, that's all you need. Just a moment. God, if there's two, you're swimming. But um, 
that's what I would hope that whatever that the, the, the selection of songs and my interpretation of those songs give and with the atmosphere the atmosphere that is there because I feed off what's there as well that something new is is created and experienced and we go out leaving that concert. And, know, that, and that's it. It's, it's an escape for some people to be able to go to these sort of shows, to be able to go and watch you live and to, and to other, uh, other shows. Um, and it's, it's the calmness. It's to be able to relax and enjoy the moment and be, and be there. So for all of our listeners who are dying to know where they can get tickets, if you go to dunamaze.ie, you'll be able to get tickets to go and see Regina Nathan, who's performing in the Dunamaze Arts Centre. Are you looking forward to performing there tomorrow night? Oh, I am, of course. Now, I know people don't know me in, in Port Leash or whatever. I know Francisa is, is, is one of yours and she's a brilliant singer. But um, I'm very, yeah, I'm very much looking forward. It's, I've sang there once a long time ago, but I'm very much looking forward to going there again. And hopefully go back again. <laughs> oh, definitely. We'll have to have you back as many times as possible to the Midlands. Yeah, so great. for anyone listening, where can they hear some of your songs? Um, yeah. Oh, on my YouTube channel, actually. And um, that's it, actually. Yeah, just on my YouTube channel. But I, I do, I'll be selling the CDs at the concert as well, the, the recordings I have. And um, that. But best of all, just to come along. And see see if you like the music and then you'll know for the future as well, you know. That's brilliant. Curiosity. Regina, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and we're very excited to have you perform at the Dunamay's Arts Centre tomorrow. Thank you very much, Shannon, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Oh, anytime. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. That was Regina Nathan and I really appreciate her time and I wish her the best of luck on her show tomorrow night. So if anyone is looking for tickets, make sure to head to dunamaze.ie. It'll be worth it. I do promise you that. And that is all the time we have for this evening for Encore. It has absolutely flown from 7 to 8 o'clock. I love this hour every Thursday. Hope you enjoyed this evening's show and thank you to all of my amazing guests that joined me. Remember, if you want to listen back to any of the interviews this evening or from previous Encore shows, you can find them on podcasts on midlands103.com. I'll be back next Thursday with more of what's happening in the arts in Leash, Offaly and Westmead and if there's anything you would like to include on the show make sure to email me middle at email me sorry encore at midlands103.com stay right here as the lovely Joe Cooney is up just after the 8 o'clock news with Country Roads have a great bank holiday weekend and I will chat to you next Thursday (laughs) 